Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 281 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. I sounded like a cackling witch when <laughs> yes, I just said that. I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> in trouble. We are recording oh, this a bit early in the morning and um, <laughs> we are talking about Halloween. So we'll leave your croaky, your croaky greeting right in there. Oh, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it is October. Um, it is the beginning of the fall 2020 holiday season for a lot of moms and Woo-hoo. people are Who's excited. People are freaking out. Like I know moms in our community really have a lot of questions about Halloween. And I, I hope I don't sound dismissive in that, but I think because you and I are a little farther along in motherhood, we wanted to take this episode in two directions at once. One is to kind of talk generally about Halloween this year um, and holidays in general a little bit here at the top of the show and kind of set the tone for how moms can think about celebrations in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have some really great creative specific ideas for making this Halloween fun, no matter what your town's you know health and safety protocols are or how safe you feel about going out in public. So we have some very cute, fun, and specific Halloween celebration ideas later in the show. But I am just picking up on a general um, anxiety or like, uh, like a need to know what to do this fall. Do you yeah. are you feeling that? Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, and it's understandable if you really think about it. Um, we haven't like Easter was really the only major holiday that has fallen so far during coronavirus Mm -hmm. event pandemic. And I think it was so early that it, like we were all still so hunkered down at that point that it was like, yeah, I guess maybe I'll, I remember feeling really guilty going to the store to get like candy Mm -hmm. because it was still like that. Like Mm -hmm. you didn't go to the store unless you had to. And so I was like walking really fast past the candy aisle and just grabbing stuff to put in Easter baskets. Like it was that, like it was still that intense. 
And now things aren't quite like that for a lot of people. And yet we're nowhere near normal. So it's like we're all kind of reaching our the end of our ropes, like yeah. our um, what is it? The 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 stamina or yeah. the ability to just be in this middle place where we don't know what's happening. Plus, we're coming into a really important holiday season that for the next for many people, the next three months is just laden with tradition and expectation mm-hmm. and excitement, especially if you maybe have a three-year-old and this was the first year they were really going to know and participate with this stuff or yeah. whatever, you know? So we've all put, we're putting a lot of expectations on ourselves and we're all becoming a little weary of the, li- the limbo and the not knowing. So I get it. Um, to me, it is always funny when it centers around Halloween because to me, Halloween is such a gimme of a holiday. And I know we're going to talk more specifically about holidays later in Halloween, but like, to me, it's like Halloween is the one holiday you can literally do however you want because yeah. it's, only fun. Yeah. It's, its entire purpose is to just be fun. So no matter what, you can still have fun. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. year, even no, if it looks totally different. I, I agree. And we don't even like fun, the two of us, but we are going to, no. we are going to make an <laughs> argument for fun this Halloween. Um, I, I think it's worth acknowledging that, like you said, there's a weariness to where we are in 2020. Um, and people have real like real serious stuff going on in their homes, financial crises and health and medical worries. And it's going to get colder in parts of the country. And that's concerning um, to a lot of people who are going to be inside if the virus isn't kind of moving in the right direction in your area. Um, And so Mm. I think anytime we're under stress as parents and adults, humans, grown up humans, um, a, a knee jerk reaction for a lot of people is to want to control the things we can. And so I think somehow preserving the magic of the holidays and, you know, creating a really fun or quote unquote perfect Halloween is, is um, a symptom of that need for some kind of control. And I think that's okay. Like, I think if we acknowledge that that is what's happening, um, I think that's okay. But I guess my, my just little pep talk here before we dive into Halloween specific is, I think it's important to try to separate um, what's going on in your own mind as a mom with what your kids need and expect. So um, that that driving need to make the holidays special, I think for a lot of moms comes from what we experienced as a kid. Right. And it could be twofold. You could have really happy memories of trick or treating and pumpkin carving um, with your own family that you grew up in as a kid in your neighborhood and want to kind of recreate that. Or for a lot of people, they're actually trying to build new traditions because maybe they didn't have a super happy, you know, childhood memories. It could go either way. It could be driven by what you're seeing online um, that you've seen, you know, the Instagram and the Pinterest perfect fall and Halloween celebrations for years. And you're excited to finally, like you said, Megan, with the three-year-old do the trick-or-treating and the preschool parade. And so Whatever, um, whatever those external sources or internal sources of pressure are, I think it's okay to just acknowledge that this year might feel like a big bummer to you because you're mm-hmm. not able to fulfill that. And then I think if we can separate that from what the kids need and what, what will fill the kids' cups, then, then it's like two totally different things because I, I assure you, and we're going to make this argument 25 million times in the next 45 minutes. The kids will be fine. They will be fine. Um, so take take some time to think about like the expectations you're bringing into this holiday season, where they come from. Um, but maybe stop short of 
equaling that to your kids needing a perfect Halloween. I don't know. Does, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And it makes me think of, I know we did an episode. I don't think it was last year, maybe the year before. And it was something along, it was more toward the Christmas holidays, but it was along the lines of like moms expecting ourselves to be the magic makers yeah, and um, to make, to like make or break, like our efforts will make or break a, hol- a holiday. And then this year we have the also pile on overcompensation because our kids have already experienced a lot of disappointment. And I think that there's this, like, like you were saying, Sarah, that we feel this need or like we even have the ability to somehow make up for it mm-hmm. by making the holidays even more magical, like pile on the magic, except now we're up against this like counter, <laughs> this, you know, counter force, which mm-hmm. is la- lack of control. We don't even know. Like, I don't even know if there is trick or treating in this town yet. Right. Like I haven't really dug I into it. I don't know. Kids are older. <laughs> For the record, but it I don't is October think- 2nd. I don't know either. So, well, I don't think a call has been made here. I yeah. think that they're waiting and seeing. So I don't know what that's going to look like. So it's just like, we don't, we're like, we're, our desire to overcompensate, which I think is a hundred percent fine and natural is like coming up against this, this other force of, we maybe can't the way that we think we want to. And so, yeah, I totally agree that this, it it often is more about us than what the kids actually need. And that's okay. But I do think it makes a lot of sense to just, just check in, like, just why do I feel like this is something I have to do for my kids? And what would happen if it didn't like, Mm -hmm. what, what if this doesn't happen? Mm -hmm. Um, and just sometimes like playing that out like mm-hmm. you would in any other situation can kind of help you start to like, I don't know, get some perspective yeah. around it. Yeah. Yeah. And and giving yourself a little space for a pity party. If you need a pity party yeah. for yourself because this Halloween isn't going to look like you thought and this back to school season didn't look like you thought and looking ahead to the other holidays, like I just think um, we all deserve a little space to to feel yeah. our feelings about this. So. Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip-On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya, is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. 
So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the high vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right. So... Let's just establish that Halloween 2020 and our children, we're kind of dealing with two big groups. And usually we're not so absolute as to say there are two groups, but I'm going to say there are two groups of children this fall. And that is those who remember previous Halloweens and know what to expect. And, you know, usually that's four, five and six year olds on up. I've, I'm always surprised at even four and five year olds who have no memory of the of the past year holidays. <laughs> yeah. Um, but dep- if they have older siblings and, and things, sometimes it's kind of more ingrained in the family culture. So there are the school aged yeah. kids who know what Halloween is all about and have very specific memories of what last year and prior years were about and, and expectations of what you know, future years will be like. Exactly. Like what it should be. And then many of you don't even have kids in that age range yet. So then there's a whole group of kids for whom it's a blank slate and you as a mom want to make this fun and special and, and, and start adding to the layers of those Halloween memories, but they actually don't know any different. And so in right. this episode, we're, we're going to offer ideas for both of those groups, but we're actually going to start with the olders a little bit. Um, and that's where my kids are at seven, 10 and 12. And Megan, you know, you've had 22 Halloweens as a mom. So you have many, many, um, you have much precedent to draw from. Well, let's, let's talk about that memory thing really quick though, because I think it's true that kids four, five, six and up, um, do remember last year and do have expectations. I just want to put out a quick, like, I don't know, argument that I make over and over, um, (laughs) on this show that, kids' memories are terrible. Yep. Like they're very inaccurate. And I say that because my kids, even my kids who are older, like Clara will come to me and say, remember last year when we did X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, that's not how it happened at all. (laughs) Or her memory of what she felt at the time is often different. Like when she'll talk about an old house we lived in, she'll say, I just loved it there so much. And I'm thinking all she ever did was complain. They just, kids, they, their memories are really also works of art. They are one half memory and one half imagination (laughs) that they apply. So you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt too, right? Because their memories of last year might also not be accurate. Yep. Yep. For better or for worse. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I, you have made that point a few times in like holiday episodes that, you know, when we look back at our holiday memories, it's, it's a combination of, it's a, it's a, like a post production movie reel. It's not, you know, where it's like kind of combines different years and different memories and things we imagined. And so, yes, our kids are living through that. I agree. Um, well, one tip I wanted to offer is just let, let the older kids be bummed. Let them ask questions like, are we going to, you know, have our annual party? No. Okay. Like, you know, talk to them, honestly, let them ask questions, let them be bummed, but then also kind of model and coach them through shifting to like solutions mode. So I've noticed my kids this year can be very black and white. Like Halloween is going to be canceled. 
if we can't go trick or treating, like this is going to be terrible. And I haven't actually said whether we're going to trick or treat. I mean, it won't look like any other year, but um, I'm having to pretty heavily hand heavy handedly coach them through like moving to the next phase, which is not black and white, which is okay. Like, let's make a big list of all our favorite things to do at Halloween. Like just throw them out there. Let's write them down. We like to bake. We like to decorate the front yard. We like to get out our Halloween books. We like to, you know, da, 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 make a list of like 20 things and then, you know, go through them and, and say, well, we can totally do these 10 things. Like we can, mm. we can bake, we can watch scary movies. We can do this. And like, you, you almost have to kind of like remind them that it is not an absolute. Um, and that there are plenty of things this year that will look exactly the same. And I just think, yes. I just think there's a, there's an age, especially that like later elementary age where kids can be kind of black and white in their thinking. And so it does, it takes some modeling and some coaching, which might be hard if we're also feeling bummed and grumpy about it, but to say, Hey, look, like we have some choices about this month of October and what we're going to do. Let's put the things on the calendar that we know we can do. Let's let's look at these other five things where we're not sure. Like maybe maybe we can go to a pumpkin patch. I don't know. Let's call. Can you look up the five best pumpkin patches in Santa Barbara? I'm big on like having my kids do internet research now that they're old enough to do it <laughs> right. safely. I'm like, hey, find, you know, get print me a list and let's look at that and maybe we can. And then here are these five things that it's not going to happen this year. And then let's you know let them be disappointed about that, but don't let don't let permission to be disappointed be the end of it. I guess like. Permission yeah. to be disappointed, but then let's also like, let's, let's dig in and solve let's this a little. Let's fix this and yeah. let's move on a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, and, and also I think it's, it's good to also dig in like what part, what element of the missing thing yes. is it that they are bummed about? Yes. So with trick or treating, is it the cost, the fact that they're all dressing up together? Is it walking around the neighborhood? Is it the candy? Mm-hmm. Um, where we live, we've had several years, just in the past 10 years, where the weather has been so rotten that trick-or-treating really consists of um, the kids putting on their costumes mm-hmm. and then running down the street and maybe hitting like three houses with a coat over yeah. your costume and then coming home and eating all the candy no one came to get because it, the weather was so bad. So that that counted as trick-or-treating. And I'm guessing this year we can still do something that looks something like that, whether yeah. it's we dress up, we walk down the street, we go to like two or three trusted friends' houses and they give us candy and we go home and eat it. Like we can still do that. So chances are good. You've already had to make, you know, if your kids are getting older, there's probably been years where you've had to sort of improvise anyway, like yeah. where mm-hmm. things didn't look exactly the way they usually do. And I'm sure it was totally fine because in the end they got to do the stuff that mattered the most to them. Yes. And that maybe they're thinking that won't even exist. Like that won't, they can't right. even dress up. Exactly. Or and so that, exactly. It's important to pick that apart. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that kind of same absolute thinking. Um, we have a great interview with um, Dr. Aaron Lamphier, who's actually been on the show twice. But a few months ago, I talked to her about older kids and disappointment. Um, I think it was like right going into summer this year. And she said almost exactly the same thing, Megan, of like, let's drill into what exactly what part of this experience feels like it's missing for you. Um, which can be really useful because for every kid, it might be different. And and the the right. younger they are, the more likely they are to assume this or to kind of globalize it. Like we can't go trick or treating. That means I won't get to fill in the blank, eat candy or right. dress up when, like you said, that's totally possible. Um, to your point about, you know, like getting into fix it mode and um, and we talked a little bit in the intro about not 
not kind of wallowing, like we can all be bummed and we can be disappointed, but not projecting that super hard on our kids. Mm -hmm. I just think we have the ability to kind of be confident, like just have sort of a matter of fact confidence. Like this is going to still be fun. And then that, and the kids will pick that up. Like the kids are going to pick up on the tone we set. So like, again, yes, be bummed and disappointed. But like you're saying now let's shift into that sort of Mary Poppins mode. Like now let's, let's make this happen. Right. Like let's get, let's put on our, our, um, I don't know, like our problem solving hats and make it fun. Darn it. And that is a skill that is being tested and tested and tested in 2020. And we know it's exhausting. Like if it were easy to continue to be like, well, guys, we're going to make the best of this. Like we wouldn't have to be having this conversation. So we know it's not right. It's not easy. Um, but it is a skill that all of us are developing. And speaking of skills, we're all developing. I just want to say that I think the kids of 2020, we need to give them a little bit of credit for how much flexibility and resilience they've already hard won mm. this year. Our, these yes. are not the these are not the children of March. And I'm speaking from the, the no. ones in my own house. The ones in my own house today on October 2nd are not the same kids from March 15th in terms of like, oh gosh, that first month and a half was like one cancellation or disappointment after another. And it was, it was so hard. It was hard on me as a mom. It was hard on them. But kids have learned to take the phrase, hey, you know what? I'm not sure if this is going to work. We're going to put it on the calendar and see what happens. Or, oh, I thought this was going to work and it turns out we have to postpone or cancel that. These kids have, for better or for worse, I wish they didn't have to have learned it, but they have They've learned how to accept that, right. m- many of them. So remember that you have children who have gone through a major like graduate level crash course in flexibility, um, resilience, and kind of going with the flow in terms of, I mean, I'm, mm. I'm speaking specifically with plans, plans and planning and, you know, looking forward to something and then having plans change. So yeah, I, I think we can give them a little credit um, and acknowledge that this holiday season, they will take that differently than say the March, April, May kids that we knew. Yeah, I agree. And we have changed too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so we also like, we're all learning how to, um, how to punt and make plans on the fly and get creative and just keep going, Yeah, you know? So I think we're all in that, in the same boat. Yeah. Um, I was, also going to suggest, and this is planner Sarah talking, but this is probably not the Halloween to wing it in terms of like, oh, I'm sure we'll get to the pumpkin patch eventually. Or like, I don't know exactly when we're going to carve pumpkins, but it'll happen. Um, we're recording this on October 2nd. You and I will be going into a weekend, um, like the first weekend in October. And I really do plan to like get serious with my calendar, which (laughs) hasn't happened in several months other than my work calendar. Like we don't we don't have like social engagements really or travel. Right. Um, but I think it will help my kids to know going back to the conversation about like, what can we do? What can we look forward to? My kids love to decorate the front yard and make it spooky. And we've picked up more like skeletons and gravestones over the years. And we have a, a new house now. So, you know, putting a decorating day on the calendar, putting a baking day on the calendar or a craft day. Um, because in 2020, like that craft day, it's a little harder to just run out and get your supplies. And so I would just make an argument for if you're typically a go with the flow or a wing it mom at Halloween, um, this might be the year to kind of think about putting those rocks in the calendar, especially the rocks that you know you can pull off. 
without the outside world conspiring against you. So a spooky movie night, um, like an outdoor campfire with friends, if that feels safe for you, like get those things on the calendar that are least likely to be cancelable by, you know, by 2020. And um, I think that will help kids who have that like Halloween's going to be terrible. It's going to be canceled. Um, it's right there on the calendar. Like, oh, this is our, you know, we're looking forward to this spooky movie night this month. And um, I think there's a lot to be said for creating a month of, you know, Halloween fun if the night of Halloween might be a little disappointing. So I would take this opposite tack okay. and say that I don't dis- I don't disagree. Um, if you are a family for whom Halloween has always kind of been a day and that's it. That's also okay. Mm -hmm. So we don't have Halloween season really in my house. Like we decorate and, but we don't, we don't really get super into movies. We don't, we don't bake. The kids do crafts in school, but like I don't do Halloween crafts at home typically. So like, I think it's also okay that this year doesn't look any, uh, more ambitious than other years would. So it would feel a little weird for me to start adding stuff to my calendar that I never have done before or like that we've always just done if it worked out before and we don't care if we do or not. Um, I'm actually kind of this year. And again, my kids are on the older side and they don't they're not getting some of those experiences in school. So that's the other thing. Like there's stuff that I never really had to worry about doing because I knew they were going to cut out a a pumpkin at school and decorate Mm -hmm. it and all that stuff. And we do pumpkins. Until the kids started complaining so much about pumpkins that they didn't want to do them anymore. And then I was the one who had to clean up all the pumpkin guts. And then I was like, guess what, guys? We're not doing pumpkins anymore. I'll buy them. Yeah. And you can feel free to draw faces on them. But I am not carving a pumpkin if you don't care. Like, I can't care about this more than you guys do. So anyway, for us, Halloween really has become kind of just about the day of Halloween. And sometimes we did. We used to do big parties the weekend before. We haven't done those in several years. But I guess just to take just to take the other side of that coin and say, if, if really all your kids care about when you really dig down deep is putting on a costume and eating some candy, that's fine too. Like you don't, this doesn't have to be the year you get super ambitious just because you're overcompensating. Um, and again, it's still a super fun season just because you're absorbing it. You're just around it and it's fun, but it can just, you can just kind of be Halloween adjacent. Yes. And that's okay too. I a hundred percent agree. And if we can be on, if we can offer opposite viewpoints and agree, I think this is a good example. So a hundred percent. Well, I thought it might be kind of fun to just check in about if we do have any specific plans for the month of October with our own families. And I can go first. This is very much a a work in progress um, in terms of what we will probably do, but I'll just share a few little things. Um, We will definitely get out our bins of decorations this weekend, actually yesterday, which was October 1st in real time, um, Violet had me get down the bins because she was looking for a very specific like cat stuffed animal that she thought was in the Halloween bin. So that's always exciting in our house. And because we have a new house, I think the decorating will be fun. That'll probably be this first weekend of October. Um, we always do what we call pumpkin soup night, which, um, I've talked about on the show before and I'll link to the book, but there's a a book called pumpkin soup that my kids have loved since they were little. And then we have a recipe for butternut squash, sage, bacon, and apple soup. That's so good. And we call it pumpkin soup. It's not, it's actually just butternut squash, like a, like a, um, smooth butternut squash soup with apple and bacon. Um, 
And we always make that and we call it pumpkin soup, even though it's squash soup. So that's kind of like become a little tradition. Um, I picked up the Trader Joe's candy houses. So it's like like Christmas gingerbread houses, but they have them at Halloween. And they're still they're so inexpensive. And it's just like something fun for the kids to do. They get so excited. So we'll do that. I already bought them, but we'll do that at some point. Um, Violet and I made her costume last year. She was a deer and it was the cutest costume like ever. And we made it out of pajamas from primary.com, which is a great little hack. Um, she says she wants to make a costume again together. And I'm not, I am not a make your costume every year, like at all, like at all, at all. But, um, she actually, this is the year for it though. If you're going to, you know, exactly. Um, and she wants to be an animal again. Brian's really good at face paint because he has an art background. So between us, like me, I'm pretty creative with like the costume assembly. I I didn't sew every last thing, but like we bought the pajamas, we glued on the felt, we bought um, ears and I made a tail. And so that was really fun last year. She's, she's leaning toward wanting to make her costume again. So that would kind of keep us busy over the month. Um, and then, you know, my kids look forward to some of the movies every year, their tolerance for spooky movies and spooky stories is a little bit higher. So they get more into like the actual scary part, which is kind of fun at these ages. Um, but you know, I, I was inspired by our listener suggestions, which we'll get to in the second half of the show. And I think, I think my kids might like to do something a little extra. Like I was thinking like a face painting like a face painting challenge or something where it's just us, um, just the five of us, or maybe my parents and we, you know, do like a game night or something. I, I think they might need a little something extra to feel like a party this year. And I don't know what that'll look like exactly, but I have a feeling Halloween night is not going to be much of anything. So I am, mm. I am, I am doing a little bit extra probably this month, just, just cause we, we have the time and you know, we, right. you know, we can. So how about you yeah. guys? Well, we already have the fall decorations out. Um, typically right. what we do is we decorate for fall like in late September and then we get the Halloween stuff out like the second week of October. Yeah. Um, so we'll get that stuff out soon. And we used to have several big bins of it. And then last year I found a dead mouse. Oh, gross. The biggest bin. And I just threw all of it away. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not even dealing with this. So I don't actually know what we have. I, I know we saved a few of the, um, we have like a cool little, haunted house looking thing that's metal and neat and like you put a candle in it and it lights up and so I've got I've got enough stuff I think I don't think I'm gonna need to go buy more stuff but that'll be fun to um to put out and see what we have um we don't watch like we're not huge on Halloween movies but like we do well it'll be this the time of year that we'll just randomly flip something on um like the great pumpkin Charlie Brown or something like that and the kids have been getting into the old Goosebumps series I don't know do you remember that we were like kind of coming of age when those, I think yeah. you were more a Nickelodeon and they're really corny, but the kids like them and they'll watch them kind of like, it's a little bit of, um, a little bit of nostalgia for the older ones and a little bit of just like, so Clara I, thinks they're hilarious. I think my kids would love those. And I don't think I've ever seen them. I know the book series. Yeah. Um, I but think, I didn't, um, I, so they, they were watching them at John's house. So I think he must've streamed them somehow. Okay. Yeah. I, so I was I'm thinking about just having that. those like on the background and making popcorn and having, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like a weekend where we're just kind of hanging around doing that. Um, and then on Halloween itself, like weather dependent, my guess is that, you know, like John and Jenna will probably have a fire in their yard and maybe I'll have one in, in my yard, like in the fire pit. And maybe we'll just kind of, kind of do like what I was saying is like a pretend trick or treat. Um, again, the only one who really cares is Clara. And I will say she's bummed because she feels like this is her last year to trick or treat, mm. which 
I don't know why she would think that. Like, certainly the boys continue to trick or treat in old till older. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's one of her ways of kind of um, catastrophizing this. Yes. You know what I mean? Is like, this was going to be the last right. year I was going to do this anyway. And so I definitely want her to have the experience of dressing up. I don't think it'll be her last year. I think she'll still trick or treat like right. next year. But, um, but I want to honor that by making sure she gets to do something. Yeah. Even if it's just walking down the street to her friend's house and, and getting candy at their yeah. door or yeah. whatever. There's, but, there's nothing yeah. worse than feeling like something's completely taken away from you. And I think if, that, if right. there's like a central theme to this first part of the episode is we can, we can help our kids realize that it's not, not all is lost. Um, right. But it, yeah, yes. it takes some reframing. Um, I wanted to jump in and offer something about movies and shows that I forgot to mention earlier, but because we are, we don't watch a lot of TV during the week and not a lot of movies. So it's still, it's still relatively kind of bonus or special to my kids. I will sometimes during different holidays, make an unlimited movies and shows rule around a theme. So like, on, mm. you know, I will say you can watch any Halloween, any like Halloween movie that you can find like all day, like on a Saturday while we're decorating and stuff. And they think yeah. they think they've won the lottery. But really, like like you said, it ends up being kind of backgroundy because there's only so right. there's only so you can only many. take so much. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we did that a lot during like the first part of the quarantine shutdown, too. I'd be like, OK, the theme is Harry Potter. Like you, I don't care as long as you brush your teeth and eat a few meals. You can watch as many Harry Potter movies as you want today. And they'd be like, what? But really, like in the end, they get kind of bored anyway. So having some parameters on it feels really special, but it doesn't mm-hmm. actually like they they don't actually like over overdose on whatever movie or whatever. They they get bored and walk away and it becomes just part of the background. So that's kind of fun. And I definitely could see doing that with Goosebumps or, you know, some other other Halloween themed programming. So. We are welcoming back Olive and June as a sponsor. And Megan, I'm so excited about this partnership because with spring right around the corner, I love refreshing the little things in my life, including my manicure. I am the biggest fan of doing my nails at home instead of at a salon because it's convenient, so much cheaper at just $2 a mani, and the results can't be beat. It all begins with Olive and June. Yeah, Olive and June's mani system has everything you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. These are profesh tools designed just for DIY. A couple of the items included are their best-selling poppy, which makes it so easy to brush on a smooth coat, even with your non-dominant hand, which you do have to use about half the time, it turns out, (laughs) and their award-winning cuticle serum, which is so nourishing and a finishing touch I love. Well, I've been a big fan of their quick dry polish for a while now. It seriously dries in about a minute, making it perfect for busy moms. Visit oliveandjune.com slash the mom hour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. Okay, so I'm excited to get into, um, we got so many great suggestions from listeners who are in our Facebook community, and I'm excited to share those, but I, we are kind of shifting gears, I think, towards the younger kids now. Mm-hmm just because I think most of those suggestions were kind of that two, three, four-year-old yeah. range. And I just want to share um, that when, when my kids were really little, particularly when my big kids were really little, um, there were a few Halloweens that we just kind of skipped. Like maybe I had a new baby or life was just really chaotic. Like twice I had an infant, like a newborn at Halloween. And that definitely changed things. Mm-hmm. And up until like a certain age, my bigger kids 
really didn't have any expectations. It changed once there were older siblings involved or once there were some school-aged kids or they were in daycare or preschool or they had even older cousins around um, planting ideas. But we did have several years where we were kind of isolated. And I remember one year in particular, we were driving um, to Virginia. So my now ex had gotten like a job. His work moved him all over the country. And so we wound up in Virginia for his work for like three or four weeks. And so it was a long drive. We get there in the late afternoon and I literally forgot it was Halloween. (laughs) But also we're like in a hotel in a brand new city. Like where, where would we go? So I just bought like the next day I went to Walmart. I bought the kids costumes on the clearance rack. Uh They were very, very inexpensive, like $4 or something. And uh, Jacob and Isaac would have been two and four, dressed them, gave them each candy bar. And they were super excited. Like they had no concept of what Halloween was supposed to be. And Uh just to go back to my point from the beginning is that Halloween is, is so much potential to be fun in so many different ways. And it doesn't have to center around one event or like one expectation. So like you can opt out of all of it. If you have little kids, like if you're in that phase right now where you have a baby and a toddler and you just aren't feeling it, then you can just skip it or phone it in or do the bare minimum. I mean, if you just give your kids candy on a random day and let them put a costume on, they're going to be pretty happy regardless of what they think, you know, or what you think it should look like. So just opening with that, like, I don't know. That's not even a pep talk because it's like, no, it's a permission slip. Totally. It's a permission slip. Thank you. Um, it reminds me again in our Facebook group very early. I want to say like late March, early April, there was, you know, people were chatting about Easter baskets and this is like so early in the shutdown when things were hard to get. And one of our moms, and I'm sorry, I forgot name wise who it was just decided to do Easter an entire week early. Do you remember that? She was like, well, yes, I have the basket and we're really bored and we need a mood boost. (laughs) So we decided that this Sunday is Easter and like they just did all of Easter, the basket, the, you know, the everything. So yes, yes I love that license permission granted. Um, well, I just kind of wanted to throw it out there that trick or treating or not is like, seems to be a big question. And, and this is only on October 2nd. I'm sure it's going to be a big, big question over the next few weeks. We, we have a thread in our Facebook group that I reread through. And I, I mean, everyone in our Facebook group is so like accepting and inclusive. And, and yet, of course, even in our group, it represents different parts of the country, um, cities, suburbs, small towns, rural. And so there was a quite a big discussion on whether or not people felt safe trick or treating. And as you can imagine, like the whole gamut um, of responses. And I just want to take this chance to remind you all that Every part of the country looks really, really different. And every person's neighborhood and risk situation is very, very different. So we're not even going to tackle whether or not you should trick or treat this year. No, we're going to well, assume. because we don't know. No, we don't know. <laughs> and we're going to assume that you will figure that out in your own community. But maybe just a reminder that if you see people in photos that appear to be trick or treating, you know, we don't have to jump to the conclusion that they like have thrown all caution to the wind. Because or that it looks like trick or treating. And you're I, I thought that was such an interesting thread because um, I've never really lived in one of the like one of those subdivision neighborhoods that that you have lived in, um, like right. that kind of neighborhood. Yeah. But when but I've, I've trick or treated in those kinds of neighborhoods. And I read, you know, there was a comment from someone in that thread who said, yeah, the, the way it is, is there's a million kids in our neighborhood and they're all crowded on yeah. the front porch. And like 
you know, they're crowding around the front door and the, the people from inside the house are coming out and chatting. And I'm like, that's such a different experience than in an older neighborhood like mine, where there there's like sparsely spread out kids and they go up to a house and like someone drops a piece of candy in the bucket holding a glove because it's freezing outside. Like, right. it's just like it couldn't be more night and day. And it did really make me think about the fact that we can't make assumptions about how it looks anywhere right. besides our own neighborhoods and our own towns. Like right. we don't know. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Good point. Um, yes. Point made. So with that, we're going to move into some suggestions that really are more for non-trick-or-treating fun, which you could do if you're not trick-or-treating at all, or you could layer. Um, if you are trick-or-treating in some way, you could still layer these on. So I think we can just go back and forth, Megan, and I can start. Sure. Um, so Madison said, this is very ambitious, but I love it. They are going to make houses out of cardboard boxes to put in their yard to make like a mini neighborhood and then have their kids go around and trick-or-treat at the cardboard box houses, which in their her kids are two and a half and four. And I think that's such a cute idea. And I could also see that being really fun if you have older kids who could help construct the boxes and then, mm. you know, do like let y- younger siblings or if you're in a pod with cousins or neighbors, like let a few little kids go around. And I'm just picturing, I don't know if this is what Madison's picturing, but I'm picturing like an adult or a big kid, like kind of hiding behind Standing the box on the other and side, like, you yes. know, passing candy through or like, yeah, it just, I, I thought that was such a cute idea. So love it, it is a cute, it's ambitious, but it's also the kind of thing that could be a really fun little project for yeah. a weekend and keep kids busy. And you know, so much of having kids in that age range is keeping them busy, yes. like finding stuff for them to do. So I love, I love that and idea. It, also, if you didn't have the, like enough boxes or didn't want to construct, I could see like, you know, just dragging out little stations. Maybe one is like yeah. your, your cozy coop car and one is like right. a dollhouse and one is, um, you know, like a picnic table. Like you could still sort of drag large objects and make them into little stations it would be really cute. Yeah. Yeah. Your yard probably already has stations already there yeah. that you could, you know, have like a little <laughs> bowl of candy or a person standing there. Yeah. I like that. Um, well, Kristen says they had their two and a half year old trick or treat the rooms upstairs. We just closed all the doors. Daddy went into a room with a piece of candy. She held my hand and walked to each room, knocked or tr- and trick trick or treated before he ran off to the next room. She had a blast again. I love the reminder that toddlers are simple. Yes, they are. <laughs> they are simple little people. And if you just give them something novel that that winds up with them getting a treat. Yeah. Like they're going to be so excited about that. I love that. I mean, I love that idea so much. It reminds me of how I always tell toddler moms that um, the pet store is way better than the zoo because yes. you can go to PetSmart. Pet uh huh. You can go to PetSmart. <laughs> yeah. You can watch the dogs in doggy daycare. You can get up close to the fish and a turtle and a lizard and be out of there in 20 minutes for free. And when you go to the zoo with a toddler, it's overwhelming. It's hot. You have to walk a lot or be in the stroller. And this is kind of like the Halloween equivalent of that. There are so many wins to this idea. And I, I love it. I, when my kids were little, we, they would pretend or practice trick or treat a lot, kind of like this. It never occurred to uh-huh. me that that could be like the entire experience. So I love it. Yeah. Love um, it. Well, Megan suggested, and we got a few similar suggestions that they are going to do a spooky quote egg hunt for candy. So like an Easter egg hunt, but for Halloween candy. So she says like lights off in costume, spooky music and a flashlight to find the candy. So I'm picturing older, like slightly older kids, elementary age kids for this. Um, And she said just us in our home and maybe the backyard. Um, And she said, I think we'll also drop off little treat bags to our closest friends in costume and trick or treat at the grandparents who we already see. So I love that because it's kind of like 
taking adding something new because the egg hunt by flashlight is definitely like a 2020, you know, pandemic Halloween idea. But then kind of, you know, trick or treating at the grandparents. Great. So we can scratch that itch and doing a little front porch, you know, exchange with some friends. So I love that layered approach. And I think um, a couple other people talked about the candy hunt. Um, and I love the, like the spooky music and the flashlights. Um, yeah, and they, that's so fun. They are selling um, like Halloween egg type things that you could actually hide like Easter eggs. So cute. Mm, I like that. And you know what would make that a lot of fun too, or even more fun is one of those fog machines that you can buy oh, yeah. much anywhere now. We used to have one when we used to do like very elaborate decor in our yards. We always had a fog love machine it. and it just made it so much spookier. <laughs> Um, okay. So Alexandra, I love this one says we live in the woods and we have a trail that runs through our property. We're going to decorate it with pumpkins and glow sticks and place candy at intervals for the kids to find. We may invite a few other families and keep it distant. We'll probably end the night with hot dogs over the fire. I am thinking of doing a zoom Halloween parade with a bunch of kids. I'd MC and give each child a turn to show off their costume and tell everyone about it. Maybe, maybe play spooky music. She says she's still brainstorming that one. That's such a fun idea. Um, and unlike the usual zoom, I don't know, like, I feel like zoom is not fun for me. So it's hard for me to imagine it being, you know, but that actually does sound legitimately fun. Well, and especially if, um, so I could see the zoom thing being really fun in a couple scenarios. If, if you've got babies and little toddlers who really don't care, um, but you want a chance to dress them up and get a cute picture and show the grandparents. And if you have far away friends or family, you know, extended family, I think like a Zoom happy hour where the little ones get their costumes on and everybody gets to ooh and ah, and then off Zoom, you get a cute picture and then that's yes. it. Like that's your main dress up time. You can do yep. you know, other things if you want. I love I love that idea. And then I think Alexandra's probably was more for older kids where like like my kids would love to show off a costume. You want to like talk about it and like, ooh, what are you? And if you're not going to get that experience at the front doors, then I think Zoom is great. And I love her, you know, path through the woods with glow sticks. I want to come. I want to come to that. I want to go to that. Well, and it also makes me think like, you know, again, with this idea of trick-or-treating, maybe not being a city sanctioned thing where everyone's walking around knocking on strangers doors. That doesn't mean you can't have experiences. Like I have a nice big front yard. We could do something kind of spooky out there and then have people could just come visit my yard. They don't even have to visit me and pick up a treat, you know? And, and like, so if a random person walks up and takes a treat, whatever, I'm, if they decide to trick or treat in my yard, like that's fine by me, you yeah. know, and I'm not really out anything besides a little candy. That sounds really fun. I agree. And I like uh, this is off topic a little bit, but what kind of bums me out a little bit about trick or treating being blanket canceled is it reminds me a little bit of how beaches kept being closed here in coastal California. Mm-hmm. It is not that being at the beach is not COVID safe because it actually could be very COVID safe. It's that it encourages ancillary activities that unfortunately are not safe, like large gatherings and crowded parking lots and then public bathrooms and like all of this, the fallout from that. And it reminds me a little bit of that because I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, public health people, I I think trick-or-treating could probably be done pretty safely. Um, But if it encourages large gatherings in homes and, you know, other things that aren't safe, that kind of, it's just kind of a bummer. And unfortunately we can't control that. Right. Like, well, right. Because if trick or treating is canceled, then I think there'll be more private large gatherings, but that's just my, (laughs) that's just my, you know, assumption. Um, people are going to want to do something and I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of house parties. That's my, that's just my assumption. I don't know for sure. Um, but I would think too, that trick or treating itself 
as an activity isn't particularly like they're all going to be wearing masks under their masks or whatever. So it's certainly no less safe than going to the grocery store. I just, but you know, it's maybe they think of it as a thing that doesn't have to happen or the crowding, who knows? It's, it's hard to say, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, I do think people are going to find creative ways to make it, to get that experience safely for themselves without it being a big city sanctioned thing. So. Um, okay. Well, Joyce had a whole bunch of ideas. Um, she, they're going to do a group costume with two other family friends, but, and then have a virtual party to kind of like show off and let the kids see each other in their themed Harry Potter costumes, which I love, but I love this idea. She said, I'm also getting some other fun costume components for each kid. And those will remain in our year round dress up stash for the fun of dressing up throughout the month of October. So I love this and it makes me want to drag out our dress up bin, even though my kids are getting too big and too old, but just embracing the, the dressing up throughout the whole month and almost like looking back at costumes from years past. And, um, it doesn't have to be about, like you said, the one night, the one costume. So Mm. I think that's a really cute idea. Um, and then she, like a lot of other people said, they're going to do a distance trick or treat to the local grandparents and then a candy scavenger hunt at their house. And then throughout the month, they're going to do apple picking and pumpkin patch and get out some Halloween books and maybe buy some new ones. So I, it, this almost Joyce almost sounds like kind of how I'm thinking of it. Like nothing's like going to be a, long. Yeah, it's, yeah. Nothing's going to be exactly the same as a normal year, but each thing is going to be fun, you know, in its own way. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, Dana says she was thinking of talking to a bunch of different families about putting together a group. We'd all make little candy gift bags for the kids in the group and then drop them off since Halloween is a Saturday this year. You know, I didn't even know Halloween was a Saturday. I hadn't even gotten that far yet. (laughs) Um, kids can have fun dropping them off and can come home to a collection. I really like that because I think that's kind of what I'm getting at with this idea that trick or treating doesn't have to look like trick or treating has always looked for it to count. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what that is. Like they're getting to, you know, get out and like, give other people candy, which is a part of what it's about. Right. Yeah. And get and receive candy, which is part of what it's about. I really like that one. I like that one too. And Dana, your friends will probably be really grateful that you organize it. Um, I think if you're not normally an organizer, but you have an idea, like giving it a shot, people are grateful. If I know, like as someone who's not signing up for a bunch of activities right now, and we don't have a lot of friends, like if someone just said, Hey, this is what we're doing. Does this feel like safe and fun to you, I would love to just like hop in on that. So, um, just, just, I guess, pat on the back for being the one to organize it because somebody's got to, you know, right. So I love Right, right, right. It won't happen otherwise. Yeah. Um, Jamie just commented that their local pumpkin patch is being really diligent in taking reservations. Um, and so I, I wanted to echo that and just, you know, say that, businesses, small businesses near you are also being really creative and also having Mm -hmm. to adjust this year. So, and they want and need your business. So definitely worth looking up or making some phone calls and seeing what the options are for if pumpkin patches and hay rides and that kind of thing, um, are something that, you know, is fun for you during the season. You don't have to assume that it can't be done, but it might be worth looking into what different locations are doing and how safe you feel about it. So that was a good reminder. I don't even know the pumpkin patches around here because we just moved here and I don't remember going to them growing up. I mean, there's a lot of surrounding farmland, but I think we got our pumpkins like at the grocery store. I don't, my mom might correct me. I don't really remember farmy pumpkin patch at all growing up, but I could just be 
misremembering. I think it was when I was growing up, I think it was something we did, you know, like not every year, but a handful of times. And I remember liking it, but not expecting it. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that we do here that if you live in a farm, an area with lots of farmlands, you know, you have to drive around to find them because they're usually not advertised or like on a Google map or anything. But a lot of farms just have little roadside stands with pumpkins and gourds and squash. And there's usually no one there. Like it's a, it would be a very socially distanced and safe way to go pick your own pumpkin at a place that feels a little more special than the grocery store. Um, because like you just literally drive up and there's like a, like a little, like a little hutchy thing, Mm -hmm. you know, like a little shack with a bunch of stuff and you stuff your cash in a box and then you drive away. I love that. So yeah. And that's, I think you could do that and not even encounter any other families. Usually they're very like, there's nobody there. Yeah. Yeah. They often have um, corn, like, you know, just all the fall stuff. Yeah. So I love it. Um, Megan says, I think we are just going to make a big party out of it and make spooky treats, play games and watch a movie. We'll definitely still dress up, but I don't think they'll even miss all the candy if they're having fun doing other stuff. And that's kind of the point, right? Yeah. Like, if they're having fun doing other stuff, they might not miss what they're missing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then last one, Kate also was doing the candy hunt and she is the one in the group who linked up to these cute, um, skull eggs on Amazon. So I'll link those in the show notes and, um, Oriental trading and is another, like, you know, where you can get a bunch of like bulk party favor type stuff. Um, that is another option for that kind of thing. If, if your kids love little plastic things that you will immediately throw away, I'm just giving you permission to lean in on that this year. Like, yes, it's junky and probably wasteful, but it might be the joy that, (laughs) that your Halloween needs right here. Um, But Kate also said they're going to do a toilet paper mummy wrap, which I we've done um, at neighborhood gatherings before, which is really funny, like a contest Um, cooked spaghetti, Mm -hmm. sensory bin, carving pumpkins. Oh, I remember doing that when the kids Mm -hmm. were little. So I think just a reminder that going back to one of the very first things I said, which is making a big list with your kids or just on your own, if your kids are too little of all the things that you associate with fun Halloweens and then being honest about how many you can still do. And then just like kind of making peace with the ones that we can't this year. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, this was really fun. And I know we're all kind of, you know, focused on the Halloween holiday right now, but I do want to remind everybody that we are having a virtual retreat on November 7th and we would love to have you join us. So there's a link in the show notes. Um, you can just go to the momhour.com slash virtual retreat or go click that link and you'll get all the details. Yeah. I'm just so excited about all, all the moms who've already signed up to join us and very excited. So again, that's November 7th and 8th. You don't have to go anywhere. You can do it. Um, we're encouraging you to do it from like a local getaway, like a VRBO or a hotel or an inn, but you totally can do it from home if that's best for you. So excited about that check it out and then we will be back with another brand new more than mom episode this coming sunday so we will talk to you then the mom hour is brought to you by partners like chatbooks chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere instagram facebook google photos or directly from your phone The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. 
Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.